3: from KQED.
4: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. More than 2,000 Kaiser Permanente mental health workers in Northern and Central California have walked off the job this morning. This comes as negotiations over staffing levels and appointment wait times reached a standstill over the weekend. A new state law requires providers like Kaiser to give mental health patients follow-up appointments in 10 days. But right now, the union says there aren't enough clinicians to make that happen. Kaiser says because of the strike, it may need to reschedule some non-urgent appointments this week. Governor Gavin Newsom has a plan to extend the operation of California's last nuclear power plant. Diablo Canyon on the central coast is scheduled for closure by 2025. From KCBX, Benjamin Purper reports.
2: Diablo Canyon produces about 9 percent of California's energy portfolio. The governor and nuclear advocates say energy shortages and the state's carbon neutrality goals mean it's too soon to take that much carbon-free energy off the grid. On Friday, Newsom revealed a draft proposal for a loan of up to $1.4 billion to the plant's operator, utility PG&E, to keep it running for 5 to 10 more years. That loan could be paid back if federal funds come through. Central Coast Assemblyman Jordan Cunningham agrees that Diablo Canyon should remain open. We simply are not where we thought we'd be with renewable energy production and coupling that with storage. And so it's put the state's grid in a rather precarious position. Carol Hisaswe is with Mothers for Peace, a San Luis Obispo county-based group, pushing for the plant's decommissioning.
4: The longer a nuclear power plant stays in operation, the greater the risk of an accident equipment failure, or terrorist attack causing a release of radiation.
2: PG&E maintains that the plant has a long record of safe operation going back to its first years of operation in the 1980s, and that it's built to withstand natural disasters like earthquakes or tsunamis. The state legislature has until the end of this month to approve or reject the loan. And for the California Report, I'm Benjamin Perper in San Luis Obispo.
4: For several years now, undocumented immigrants in California have been able to get a driver's license, which doubles as a critical piece of ID. But what about immigrants who don't drive? KPCC's Josie Hong says there's a push to get them an ID as well.
1: A bill in Sacramento would make state-issued ID cards available to any Californian, regardless of their legal status. Backers say it's needed because the driver's license bill left out many people who don't drive, including some elderly people and people with disabilities, and a lot of women who are less likely to have access to a car, like Janet Martinez. Originally from El Salvador, she works as a pupusa vendor in L.A. She says she never tried to get a driver's license because she can't afford a car. Martinez says with a state ID, she could open a bank account, apply for health care services.
4: I believe that we deserve to be able to be part of our communities, to contribute our whole hearts to our communities and
5: be seen here.
1: Immigrant advocates estimate more than a million people could benefit from the ID bill. It's passed out of the State Assembly and is moving through the Senate. For the California Report, I'm Josie Huang.
4: And in other news, a year ago today, the Taliban entered Kabul and the U.S. military began a frenzied airlift to evacuate tens of thousands of people out of Afghanistan. Now, many of those Afghans are trying to build new lives in California. But as KQED's immigration editor Taiki Hendricks reports, for those who arrived here with only a temporary immigration status, the future still feels very uncertain.
5: Lotfula Niazeh is a civil engineer who worked for the U.S. military in Afghanistan. I reached him by phone as he was getting ready to cook dinner at his new apartment in Oakland. He tells me that last August, as his family tried to escape, in the crush at the Kabul airport, he got separated from his wife and five of his six children.
3: In that time, I lost my wife, my kids. When I go inside the airport, my wife is not there.
5: He was evacuated with just one son and a young cousin and ended up in the Bay Area where a refugee agency helped him find the apartment and a job as a security guard. But Niaze only works part-time because he needs to get the boys off to school and pick them up. Rent is expensive, so sometimes he borrows money from a cousin who settled here 30 years ago. As he navigates life in America, he talks to his wife every day. She and the kids are in hiding from the Taliban.
3: Sometimes I became under pressure because my family is not here, but just one of my son is with me. Sometimes my son became sad because his mother is not here.
5: If Niaze had refugee status, his wife and kids could join him. But he's one of nearly 77,000 Afghans who came on something called humanitarian parole. That's just temporary, good for two years. And it leaves him feeling stuck in limbo.
3: It's very important for me because now uh, we don't know how can we live here.
5: The refugee agency, Jewish Family and Community Services, has helped him apply for asylum so he can bring his family and get on a path to citizenship. He says he's ready to make his life in the United States because there's no way they can live under the Taliban.
3: I want to make my career here and we should be live here and we die should be here because we don't want to go back to uh, Afghanistan.
5: Fawzia Azizi, the Refugee Services Director at Jewish Family and Community Services, says her organization has hired legal staff to help nearly 500 parolees apply for some kind of permanent status. But it's a lot of extra work for overstretched refugee agencies. We created a strong group of pro bono, low bono lawyers and attorneys. However... Uh, That's not the case for other programs and other organizations. She's hoping a bipartisan bill introduced in Congress last week could ease that burden. The Afghan Adjustment Act would grant permanent residence to Afghans like Niazeh, who came on humanitarian parole. I'm so glad that at least it's moving and at least it's in front of Senate. I think that will bring a relief if that act will be passed. But Lotfula Niaze may not have to wait for Congress to act. He's going to his asylum interview in San Francisco on Wednesday. For The California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
4: I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. And in other news, California is one of 10 states that doesn't screen all students for the most common learning disability. Advocates have pushed for mandatory dyslexia assessments for years. KPCC reporter Mariana Dale found that identifying struggling readers is only part of the solution.
1: When Liliana Parra was in seventh grade, she remembers homework that teachers said should have taken her an hour took two or three.
4: It was putting stress on me where, like, to the point, like, I probably would cry almost every
1: day. The San Bernardino teenager had a hard time spelling, writing, and comprehending words on the page.
4: A lot of the time, I don't understand, like, it doesn't process in my head what that word is unless I hear it.
1: The public district she attended didn't have the tools to recognize Liliana's dyslexia. So her mom, Lori, requested an evaluation from an outside psychologist. With a dyslexia diagnosis, she says her daughter got more support.
4: I felt like the ball was rolling.
1: Liliana graduated high school a year early in May, but she and her mom still wonder what could have been different if the district intervened sooner.
4: She probably would have loved probably reading right now. To this day, she hates it, you know, because she knew she struggled.
1: The right tools can identify students at risk of developing dyslexia before they even fully learn to read. Harvard education professor Nadine Gobb says kids pick up measurable skills before they ever step into the classroom.
5: It starts with you know learning the sounds of your language, understanding that if you add
1: sounds or take sounds away, that new words form. Research shows intensive lessons focused on the basics like letters and the sounds they make can help dyslexic learners become strong readers but not all California school districts are taking that first step of screening all students for the learning disability. What we employ in California is a wait-to-fail approach. Lori DePole co-directs the parent advocacy group Decoding Dyslexia California. We wait until the kids are so far behind in reading and, and or spelling before we then, you know, jump in to, quote, help, DePole's group wants the state to mandate universal screening. The most recent proposal to do so is stalled in the Assembly Education Committee. One opponent is the state teachers union. Ishmael Armendariz leads the California Teachers Association Special Education Committee. He says the districts already have the necessary tools, but teachers need more support.
2: People are leaving. We have a hell of vacancies in Oakland. Um, it's hard to retain teachers
1: Armandaris says mandatory screening puts more on teachers' crowded plates.
2: We want time to plan. We want time to look at student data and actually drive instruction based off of that.
1: Educators may need additional training for screening mandates to help students. Timothy Odegaard is a psychology professor at Middle Tennessee State University. He's found that even in states with universal screening, students of color and those at schools with high numbers of poor readers were less likely to be identified as dyslexic. Odegaard says one hypothesis is that it's related to how teachers interpret the screening results. I
2: call it the the sea of struggling readers. When everybody is going down with a ship, how do I find the ones with dyslexia?
1: In some parts of the state, it's still an unanswered question. Just over half of third graders fail to meet California's benchmarks for reading and writing. Without a state policy mandating dyslexia screening, parents are pushing districts to change. Juana Lundy is the director of special education at the San Bernardino City Unified School District and says Liliana's experience kickstarted changes there. This needs to not be something that parents have to advocate for. How do we create a system where we identify the students? The district convened a dyslexia task force that included families and educators in 2020. Lundy says the change won't be instant. But if we have a plan, then over time, um, we will get very good at making sure that our students have dyslexia and their needs are being met. The district is rolling out initiatives this year based on the task force's work, including a universal screener, teacher training, and outreach to parents. For the California Report, I'm Mariana Dale.
4: And finally, Mexican cities just across the border from California were rocked by a wave of violent incidents over the weekend. This string of attacks appears to be in response to Mexican officials' attempt to capture gang members. Mexican officials have confirmed much of the violence was started by the Jalisco Nueva Generación cartel. With more, here's The California Report's Saul Gonzalez.
0: In a wave of arson attacks, more than two dozen vehicles were set on fire to block roads and highways in such Baja California cities as Tijuana, Mexicali, Ensenada, and Rosarito. On social media, video clips of burning cars and trucks and people fleeing violent scenes were widely shared. Close, close, close. In response to the attacks, the U.S. Consulate in Tijuana urged Americans in Mexican border cities to shelter in place. On Saturday, few Tijuana residents were on the streets, and many stores and public transportation lines remained closed. In a video, Baja's governor, Marina del Pilar Avila Olmeda, told residents of her state that officials were taking measures to restore order.
1: Entiendo perfectamente la incertidumbre que generaron los hechos
0: In response to the violence, Mexico's central government sent 350 soldiers to Tijuana to assist local and federal law enforcement. 17 people were reportedly arrested, with some sent to Mexico City for questioning. For the California Report, I'm Saul Gonzalez.
4: And that's the California Report for Monday, August 15th, where a production of KQED Public Radio I'm your host, Marí Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.
5: Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system on the web at chcf.org health-equity. Hint! Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry, No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at SchmidtOcean.org.
0: Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing...